Section two of the Book of the Thousand Nights and the Night, Volume Nine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by phone. The Book of the Thousand Nights and the Night, Volume Nine, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Night eight hundred and ninety one when it was the eight hundred and ninety-first night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that when princess miriam and nur al-din alighted in that valley they ate of its fruits and drank of its streams after turning the stallions loose to pasture then they sat talking and recalling their past and all that had befallen them and complaining one to other of the pangs of parting and of the hardships suffered for estrangement and love-longing as they were thus engaged behold there arose in the distance a dust-cloud which spread till it walled the world and they heard the neighing of horses and clank of arms and armour now the reason of this was that after the princess had been bestowed in wedlock upon the wazir who had gone in to her that night the king went forth at daybreak to give the couple good morrow taking with him after the custom of kings with their daughters a gift of silken stuffs and scattering gold and silver among the eunuchs and tirewomen that they might snatch at and scramble for it and he fared on escorted by one of his pages but when he came to the new palace he found the wazir prostrate on the carpet knowing not his head from his heels so he searched the place right and left for his daughter but found her not whereat he was troubled sore with concern galore and his wits forlore then he bade bring hot water and virgin vinegar and frankincense and mingling them together blew the mixture into the wazir's nostrils and shook him whereupon he cast the bang forth of his stomach as it were a bit of cheese he repeated the process whereupon the minister came to himself and the king questioned him of his case and that of his daughter he replied o mighty king i have no knowledge of her save that she poured me out a cup of wine with her own hand and from that tide to this i have no recollection of aught nor know i what is come of her when the king heard this the light in his eyes became night and he drew his scimitar and smote the wazir on the head then the steel came out gleaming from between his grinder teeth then without an instant delay he called the groom sansizes and demanded of them the two stallions but they said o king the two steeds were lost in the night and together with them our chief the master of horse for when we awoke in the morning we found all the doors wide open cried the king by the faith of me and by all wherein my belief established on certainty none but my daughter hath taken the steeds she and the muslim captive which used to tend the church and which took her aforetime indeed i knew him right well and none delivered him from my hand save this one-eyed wazir but now he is requited his deed 
then the king called his three sons who were three doughty champions each of whom could withstand a thousand horse in the field of strife and the stead where cut and thrust are rife and bade them mount so they took horse forthwith and the king and the flower of his knights and nobles and officers mounted with them and followed on the trail of the fugitives till miriam saw them when she mounted her charger and baldricked her blade and took her arms then she said to nur al-din how is it with thee and how is thy heart for fight and strife and fray said he verily my steadfastness in battle van is as the steadfastness of the stake in bran and he improvised and said o miriam thy chiding i pray forgo nor drive me to death or injurious blow how e'er can i hope to bear fray and fight who quake at the croak of the corby crow i who shiver for fear when i see the mouse and for very funk i bepiss my clough i love no foin but the poke in bed when coined well knoweth my prickle's prow this is rightful reed and none other shows righteous as this in my sight i trow now when miriam heard this speech and the verse he made she laughed and smilingly said o my lord nur al-din abide in thy place and i will keep thee from their ill grace though they be as the sea-sands in number but mount and ride in rear of me and if we be defeated and put to flight beware of falling for none can overtake thy steed so saying she turned her lance-head towards foe in plain and gave her horse the rein whereupon he darted off under her like the stormy gale or like waters that from straightness of pipes outrail now miriam was the doughtiest of the folk of her time and the unique pearl of her age and tide for her father had taught her whilst she was yet little on steeds to ride and dive deep during the darkness of the night in the battle tide when the king saw her charging down upon them he knew her but too well and turning to his eldest son said o bartaut thou who art surnamed ras al-kilaut this is assuredly thy sister miriam who chargeth upon us and she seeketh to wage war and fight fray with us so go thou out to give her battle and i enjoin thee by the messiah and the faith which is no liar and thou get the better of her kill her not till thou have propounded to her the nazarene faith and she returned to her old creed bring her to me prisoner but an she refuse do her die by the foulest death and make of her the vilest of examples as well as the accursed which is with her quoth bartaud hearkening and obedience and rushing out forthright to meet his sister said to her o miriam doth not what hath already befallen us on thine account suffice thee but thou must leave the faith of thy fathers and forefathers and follow after the faith of the vagrants in the lands that is to say the faith of al-islam by the virtue of the messiah and the faith which is no liar except thou return to the creed of the kings thy forebears and walk therein after the goodliest fashion i will put thee to an ill death and make of thee the most shameful of examples 
but miriam laughed at his speech and replied well away far be it that the past should present stay or that he who is dead should again see day i will make thee drink the sourest of regrets by allah i will not turn back upon the faith of mohammed son of abdullah who made salvation general for his is the true faith nor will i leave the right road though i drain the cup of ruin and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say end of night eight hundred and ninety one night eight hundred and ninety two when it was the eight hundredth and ninety-second night she continued it hath reached me o auspicious king that miriam exclaimed to her brother well away heaven forfend that i turn back from the faith of mohammed abdullah's son who made salvation general for his is the right road nor will i leave it although i drain the cup of ruin when the accursed bartaud heard this the light in his eyes became night the matter was great and grievous to him and between them there befell a sore fight the twain swayed to and fro battling throughout the length and breadth of the valley and manfully enduring the stress of combat singular whilst all eyes upon them were fixed in admiring surprise after which they wheeled about and foined and fainted for a long bout and as often as bartaud opened on his sister miriam a gate of war she closed it to and put it to naught of the goodliness of her skill and her art in the use of arms and her cunning of cavalries nor ceased they so doing till the dust overhung their heads vaultwise and they were hidden from men's eyes and she ceased not to baffle bartaud and stopped away upon him till he was weary and his courage wavered and his resolution was worsted and his strength weakened whereupon she smote him on the nape that the sword came out gleaming from his throat tendons and allah hurried his soul to the fire and the abiding-place which is dire then miriam wheeled about in the battle-plain and the stead where cut and thrust are fain and championed it and offered battle crying out and saying who is for fighting who is for jousting let come forth to me to-day no weakling or niderling i let none come forth to me but the champions who the enemies of the faith represent that i may give them to drink the cup of ignominious punishment o worshippers of idols o miscreants o rebellious folk this day verily shall the faces of the people of the true faith be whitened and theirs who deny the compassionate be blackened now when the king saw his eldest son slain he smote his face and rent his dress and cried out to his second son saying o batris thou who art surnamed kara alsis go forth o my son in haste and do battle with thy sister miriam avenge me the death of thy brother bartaud and bring her to me a prisoner abject and humiliated he answered hearkening and obedience o my sire and charging down drave at his sister who met him in mid-career and they fought he and she a sore fight yet sorer than the first bartus right soon found himself unable to cope with her might and would have sought safety in flight 
but of the greatness of her prowess could not avail unto this slate for as often as he turned to flee she drave after him and still clave to him and pressed him hard till presently she smote him with the sword in his throat that it issued gleaming from his nape and sent him after his brother then she wheeled about in the mid-field and plain where cut and thrust are dealed crying out and saying where be the knights where be the braves where is the one-eyed wazir the lameter of the crooked faith the worthy believer thereupon the king her father cried out with heart in bleeding guise and tear-ulcerated eyes saying she hath slain my second son by the virtue of the messiah and the faith which is no liar and he called aloud to his youngest son saying o fasyan surnamed sal al subyan go forth o my son to do battle with thy sister and take of her the blood reek for thy brothers and fall on her come what may and whether thou gain or thou lose the day and if thou conquer her slay her with the foulest slaughter so he drave out to miriam who ran at him with the best of her skill and charged him with the goodliness of her cleverness and her courage and her cunning in fence and cavalries crying to him o accursed o enemy of allah and the moslems i will assuredly send thee after thy brothers and woeful is the abiding place of the miscreants so saying she unsheathed her sword and smote him and cut off his head and arms and sent him after his brothers and allah hurried his soul to the fire and the abiding place dire now when the knights and riders who rode with her sire saw his three sons slain who were the doughtiest of the folk of their day there fell on their hearts terror of the princess miriam awe of her overpowered them they bowed their heads earthwards and they made sure of ruin and confusion disgrace and destruction so with the flames of hate blazing in their heart they turned their backs forthright and addressed themselves to flight when the king saw his sons slain and on his flying troops cast sight there fell on him bewilderment and affright whilst his heart also was afire for despite then quoth he to himself in very sooth princess miriam hath belittled us and if i venture myself and go out against her alone haply she will gar me succumb and slay me without ruth even as she slew her brothers and make of me the foulest of examples for she hath no longer any desire for us nor have we of her return any hope wherefore it were the better read that i guard mine honour and return to my capital so he gave reins to his charger and rode back to his city but when he found himself in his palace fire was loosed in his heart for rage and chagrin at the death of his three gallant sons and the defeat of his troops and the disgrace to his honour nor did he abide half an hour ere he summoned his grandees and officers of state and complained to them of that his daughter miriam had done with him of the slaughter of her brothers and all he suffered therefrom of passion and chagrin and sought advice of them they all counselled him to write to the vicar of allah in his earth the commander of the faithful harun al-rashid and acquaint him with his circumstance 
so he wrote a letter to the caliph containing after the usual salutations the following words we have a daughter miriam the girdle girl hight who had been seduced and debauched from us by a muslim captive named nur al-din ali son of the merchant taj al-din of cairo and he hath taken her by night and went forth with her to his own country wherefore i beg of the favour of our lord the commander of the faithful that he write to all the lands of the moslems to seize her and send her back to us by a trusty messenger and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say end of night eight hundred and ninety two